Hello, fellow rebel capitalists. Hope you're well. So in the news, the BRICS, the countries are forming their own currency. Everybody is talking about it. The de-dollarization of the world. So the next question is, does this mean it's the end of the U.S. dollars? The dollar doomed. Let's get right into a couple articles here. Go over some actual facts. (laughs) that I think are missing from this whole conversation. And then we'll connect the dots, and then you can answer that question on your own. Is the dollar doomed? That's what we're trying to get to the heart of. Okay, let's get over to this article from Cointelegraph. Russia talks up prospects of BRICS countries developing a new currency. And I actually read into this. It's them basically taking a basket of these currencies and using it to form a a settlement currency between the countries so they would no longer need to use the dollar. Less demand for dollars, dollar might be going into hyperinflation. Let's keep looking at the facts. The new world order could be emerging as economic powerhouses increasing their efforts to distance themselves from the U.S. dollar. According to reports, top Russian officials have claimed that the BRIC alliance is working on creating its own currency. This is Brazil, Russia, India, China, South Africa. And they go on to quote this gentleman from Russia. Its composition should be based on indicating new monetary ties establishing on a strategy that does not defend the U.S. dollar or euro, but rather forms a new currency competent of benefiting our shared objectives. Now, one thing I would point out to people that are are cheering this is uh, he says that it would most likely be a digital currency. In other words, a, a CBDC. I don't know it's all good news <laughs> for, for freedom-loving people that think the money printer go burr and therefore the value of the U.S. dollar is going to plummet. But this is the main point of the article. Now let's get into some facts to see if this is something that we should be even thinking about or what are the probabilities of the United States dollar coming to an end or losing the reserve currency status because obviously these BRIC countries are coming out with this brand new currency. They're going to trade amongst one another. The petrodollar is going to be gone and therefore everyone's just going to get rid of their dollars Those dollars are going to flood right back to the United States. And then the dollar is going to hyperinflate against other currencies. So the story goes. Let's look at some facts. Actually, you know what? First, let's go to my Twitter feed. This is a fabulous chart. And I want to give this guy 100% of the credit. His handle on Twitter is at Donnelly underscore Brent. I'm not sure who this gentleman is, but he seems like a bright guy. And it looks like he's been trading FX since 1995. He's great. He's been on uh, the market huddle a few times, and uh, he's a really intelligent fella. Oh, really? Okay, yeah, that doesn't surprise me. He he seems like a smart dude. Now, but that doesn't mean that he's right or wrong. Just intelligence doesn't necessarily uh, isn't a, a perfect indicator there. So he says here are the major currencies' share of global transactions since 1989. Now, what he is doing when he says global transactions, he's including FX transactions where if i read transactions little misleading because i'm just thinking you know settlement for goods and services but 
it even if it's an FX transaction, it would still indicate demand for dollars. You can see right here, 2022, that would be 90%, 9-0 of transactions, including FX or mostly FX here, I think this chart pertains to, are settled with dollars being at least one half of the transaction. And a lot of people pointed out in the comments that, whoa, 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 wait a minute, uh, Brent, you're doing something wrong because your numbers are equaling more than 100%. And he pointed out numerous times that, yeah, that's because it's just one half of the transaction. So the total amount would actually be 200%. Makes a lot of sense. Okay, that's first and foremost. Now let's go over to the BIS. And by the way, that this is actually where he got the data. And I pulled up this report, which is uh, very interesting. And first, let's go over the United States percentage of world trade, right around, we'll call it 15%, global GDP, right around 25%. Then look at how much the dollar is used. FX transaction volume, like Brent was talking about, we'll call it 90%. Look at the uh, cross-border loans, we're at, call it 50. FX reserves at 60, more on that in a moment. Uh, trading invoices around 50 swift pay. Okay. So what most people are talking about is, oh my gosh, the dollar is being used a lot less. I mean, look at this chart, the U.S. share of official foreign FX reserves. I mean, from 2016, it just absolutely plummets. We go from 66% to let's just call it 60% today. I mean, if that's not an indication of the dollar losing reserve currency status, I don't know what is. You guys know there's a but coming here, right? <laughs> you can feel it. But let's look at the DXY. What has it done since 2016? Let's see. Right here, we'll just call it uh, beginning of 2016. We're at 94 or so. And now we are at, wow, look at that, 102. So the dollar against other fiat currencies has actually gone up in value since the dollar has gone from 66% of FX reserves down to 60%. So where I'm going with this is even if the dollar is being used less, it doesn't mean that the dollar is going to hyperinflate against other currencies. I would argue it doesn't even necessarily mean that the dollar is going to go down in value. Now, does that mean we will not have significant consumer price inflation in the United States? No. Because remember, you guys know this from watching my videos, the dollar is really two completely separate currencies, the domestic dollar and the foreign dollar. Now, people like to lump them all together and just say, oh, the dollar is going to crash. And that means the dollar is going to crash against all these other currencies. And that means the dollar is going to crash against goods and services here in the United States. Because all these foreign entities that have all these dollars, they're just going to dump their dollars. They're going to get rid of them. Who wants these dollars? It's going to be hot potato. And then all those dollars are going to come streaming right back into the United States, create hyperinflation here. And the dollar is going to tank. It's going to lose its reserve. You guys have heard the story. You, you know this narrative. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not telling you anything you don't know, right? Okay, but let's think this through. First and foremost, let's look at what global GDP is right now, understanding that 90% of the FX transactions have dollar 
on one side. You say door debt could be going down. Okay, fine. So it's 80% in the next two years or three years. So be it. Let's look at the uh, trade invoicing. I have seen um, many studies that show the dollar is 60-70% of settlement. Uh, this is saying that trade invoicing were at roughly 50 or so. So we'll just call it 60% just to kind of split the difference on the different reports that I have seen. So this is a incredibly cool like pictograph. And if you haven't checked out the visual capitals, you got to do this. Super cool. So they say global GDP, world GDP as of 2022. And this chart is so massive, I can't even fit it in the screen here. And that's where we got the United States at 25 trillion. We saw that with the BIS report, but you can see all these countries here. Very cool. So what is the total? 100 trillion. And to be more specific, I read this article, it's $104 trillion, the global economy, $104 trillion. So let's just assume for a moment, 60% of these transactions with goods and services globally that would make up this $104 trillion settled in dollars. That would be $60 trillion. Okay, we know that $25 trillion is, or let's call it $20 trillion, is in the United States. Okay, and they're, they make up this number. But you can see where I'm going with this. Think about how many dollars are not only outside the United States, but more importantly, and here's the catch, here's the kicker, created outside of the United States. Because if a dollar is created, and let's just assume there's, I mean, obviously there's going to be dollars that are on balance sheets that are, that are not circulating and therefore creating GDP. So let's just say for a moment that outside of the United States, there's $100 trillion on the balance sheets of bank and non-bank entities. How, how were those dollars created? You guys know this. They were created through the extension of debt. That's the only way they can be created. So if they're created by the extension of debt, that means there's going to be principal plus interest. So what I'm saying here, is there's not only $100 trillion on the balance sheets of all of these global entities that everyone says could be flowing right back into the United States like a hot potato, but if there's $100 trillion, in dollars, there's most likely, let's say, $120 trillion in dollar-denominated debt. Now, let's get over to the whiteboard real quick. And I drew this up real fast <laughs> just for you guys. It's not really up to my uh, white, whoa, whoa, what's going on here? My whiteboard standards, but you guys get the picture. What is going on? This thing's freaking out. So we've got XYZ Corp here on the left. We'll say there's a corporation outside the United States on their balance sheet. They do have those dollars that could come rushing back to the United States, but those dollars were created by the extension of credit or creating a loan that is a dollar liability. <laughs> on their balance sheet. So let's assume for a moment that this uh, just represents the, uh, or at this point in time, global demand for dollars, 100%. So whatever that 100% number is, that's what exists at the time of this transaction. Cool. So let's say XYZ Corp says, oh my gosh, I don't want these stupid dollars on my balance sheet. 
I, I, I think the dollar is going to tank because I just read this story about how the BRICS are creating their own currency. I'm going to go out and, and I'm going to buy some rental properties in Florida. Okay, cool. So those dollars come back into the United States. That's right. And they now, instead of having those dollars as an asset on their balance sheet, they have this real estate. Fantastic. What do they have on the liability side of their balance sheet? <laughs> They still have the dollar-denominated debt. And you say, yeah, George, but those dollars are out there circulating. Okay, but in and realistically, the seller of those properties more than likely took the majority of those dollars to pay off the loan they had on the property they sold, which, as you guys know, does what? It decreases the amount of dollars. Money is destroyed. Currency units are destroyed. By doing this transaction, there are now fewer currency units <laughs> to pay off the existing dollar-denominated debt, i.e. demand for future dollars. For some reason, people, they just, they don't think this stuff through. Hey guys, I want to remind you to check out Rebel Capitalist Pro. This is the incredible online investment forum that I have with investment experts, Lynn Alden and Chris McIntosh. It includes professionals such as Patrick Serezna from Macro Voices. He specializes in options. Tony Greer, commodity trading. Jason Hartman, real estate. And Brent Johnson with Macroeconomics. If you want to build wealth and thrive in this world of out-of-control central banks and big governments, Rebel Capitalist Pro is the resource you need. So check it out today at georgegammon.com forward slash pro. That's georgegammon.com forward slash pro. We'll see you inside with the fellow rebel capitalists that are taking their investing to the next level. Now let's assume for a moment that XYZ Corp says, oh my gosh, I'm really worried about the global economy here. Or let's say, oh man. This is going to be awesome. I'm just going to do business with these BRIC countries in the future. So I never need to borrow in dollars again. <laughs> this is awesome. So I'm just going to go ahead and take these dollars on my balance sheet. And I'm just going to use them to pay off my dollar loans. Because moving forward, I'm not going to do business with the United States. I'm not going to do business in dollars. I'm just going to be doing business exclusively with Brazil and Russia and China and India and Saudi Arabia, South America, excuse me, South Africa. So I don't even need these dollars. So I'm going to go ahead and pay off my dollar denominated debt. What happens to the amount of dollars in the system? They're gone. They go down. Now, does that mean that the demand for dollars globally goes down to 0%? No. Because there's still countries, even if all the dollar demand was wiped out, there's still countries out there and there's still entities that are definitely going to invoice in dollars for certain inputs they have. So the demand for dollars doesn't go to nothing, but the amount of dollars would. So what would that do to the supply-demand imbalance? It would exacerbate it, meaning that in this scenario, the price of the dollar relative to other currencies would skyrocket. It wouldn't plummet. Again, people, they don't understand this. Let, let me actually do another simple example 
to make sure that we're all on the same page. This awesome looking dude right here or gal is you, the viewer, the person watching this video. And most likely you've got some dollars on your balance sheet and most likely you've got some dollar denominated debt. Maybe you've got a mortgage or something like that. Okay, fine. Let's say that you read this article about the bricks and you say, oh my gosh, the dollar is doomed. I've got to go out and buy some gold. I've got to buy some Bitcoin. Fantastic. What does your balance sheet look like? Now you've got those assets. You don't have those dollars anymore. You've got the gold and the Bitcoin. But what about the liability side of your balance sheet? See how this works? <laughs> You're still going to have to sell your gold and Bitcoin to get the dollars to pay off your debt. Now, many of you that are really paying attention are saying to yourself, Okay, George, I get it, but how do we get in? So you're telling me that the dollar is never, ever, ever going to lose its value? No, it's not what I'm saying. Are you saying that, you know, how does Argentina get all of this inflation? How does Turkey get all of this inflation if all of the fiat currency units are created by lending them into existence? Don't we just have this problem with the Turkish lira, the Argentinian peso, with every single currency out there? Here's the catch. It is true that if you go through and you look at the global balance sheets for fiat currencies, the amount of debt outstanding is going to exceed the dollars or currency units outstanding because you've got principal plus interest. Most people understand that. And most people understand that you've got two ways of paying off that debt. You either got to create more debt or you've got to have high velocity. Now, I think most people would also agree that when you look at the yield curve, you look at all these problems in the banking system, you look at the global economy, we're most likely not going to have a lot of velocity throughout the rest of 2023. There's not going to be a, a huge increase in the amount of global business that is being done, right? So then the only way to do that would be to increase the amount of bank lending. Okay, is that going to happen with Deutsche Bank going bust, Credit Suisse, <laughs> every single bank you could list, you know, they all have problems if they haven't gone bust. Okay, does that mean they're going to be lending a lot more or lending a lot less in aggregate total? So how do these currencies get uh, start to go down, right? Like Argentina, uh, Argentina, excuse me, and Turkey. Great question. So there's two ways to create currency units. We've got the debt way through the banking system, which usually accounts for like 90, let's say 95% of the currency units that are created. And this is why I always have such a hard time. Or I get frustrated when people say, oh, the, the, the Fed is quote unquote printing money. Okay, <laughs> but uh, maybe, maybe not, right? I don't want to go down that rabbit hole, but it depends on who they're doing business with. Let me explain. So there is a non-debt way to create currency units. Absolutely. Number one, just green pieces of paper. Now, technically, those are debt because that's the Federal Reserve saying they owe you something. But really, it's, it's not backed up by a loan. There's not an offsetting liability, a debt liability. Well, I guess there is on the Fed's balance sheet. But you see what I'm saying? There's not an offsetting loan that would create more demand for those currency units in the future if they're just green pieces of paper that are literally printed. Now, there's another way, though, and most people don't think about this. It's when banks buy from non-banks. And most people look at this through the lens of quantitative easing. And they're correct. When the Fed buy through the primary dealers, when they buy treasuries, let's say, 
from a non-bank in the real economy. That increases M2 money supply. Okay, but that's not that wasn't done by the extension of bank credit. That wasn't a bank creating a mortgage or a car loan or something like that. You see, so that's one way to do it. And you say, okay, George, I get that, but why are you saying all banks? Because it's not just the Fed, it's any bank. So let's say Goldman Sachs, or maybe better would be Wells Fargo, more of a retail bank. Let's say Wells Fargo buys treasuries from you. You guys, any of you watching this video right now, and let's say that you have an account with Wells Fargo. Well, how, how do they pay for those treasuries? They just simply add currency units to your checking account or your savings account. Okay. So what's the offsetting asset for the bank? That would be the treasuries you just sold them. So those dollars were created out of thin air without the extension of credit by the bank to the borrower in the real economy. Okay. So then we have to ask the question, if we're trying to figure out the probabilities of the dollar collapsing, right? We have to think about if it's just exclusively up to the banking system that created the majority of the dollars that are outside the United States, the probability very, very low. But we have to include the non-bank, we'll say, or not, well, I should say non-bank, but non-debt dollars that could be created. Okay, well, let's go back to the fact that we've got $104 trillion global GDP or global economy where 60, 70 trillion dollars are circulating annually and, and trillions more are on the balance sheets of these entities outside the United States. Okay, let's say that the Fed does another, boy, I don't know, 10 trillion in QE. And let's just say that they buy all of those treasuries or mortgage-backed securities from non-bank entities in the real economy. All else being equal, this increases M2 money supply by $10 trillion. Okay, great. So how do those dollars get outside the United States? Oh, well, George, we're running these massive trade deficits. Okay. Let's say the trade deficit is a billion a month. So $1.2 trillion per year. Great. So that adds $1.2 trillion per year of dollars into the global economy that is using $60 trillion every single year. So I'm by no means a, a, a math whiz, but right off the top of my head, I would say that's about 2%, something like that. So you see where I'm going with this. And that's if the Fed did 10 trillion in QE, or that's if the, the government create a, pr just printed $10 trillion worth of bills, green pieces of paper, and just dropped them from a helicopter. <laughs> across the United States through more stimmy checks or something like that. And let me remind you, this is at a time when the global banking system is having some serious, serious issues, meaning issuing most likely or creating fewer dollars to service the amount of dollar debt that is outside of the United States. So there's a great argument as to Yes, let's say all 1.2 trillion goes right out through the trade deficit, goes right out into the global economy and circulates. Okay, well, are, are you going to tell me that the 100 plus trillion that's on the balance sheets or circulating within the global economy doesn't go down by 1.2 trillion? 
or two trillion or three trillion when corporations pay off their debt to try to shore up their balance sheet because they see a global recession coming? I think you guys get the get the point. It's it's just when you look at the math, if you just look at the United States, yes, yes, you can see how there's gonna there could be significant inflation. I mean, think about if the United States printed ten trillion dollars and just dropped it from helicopters throughout the United States. Think about what the inflation rate would be. I mean, it would be what, 20, 30% plus, maybe more, but that doesn't necessarily mean that the dollar would plummet against other foreign currencies. It doesn't mean that it would even impact the dollar being the global reserve currency because you've got to look at both sides of the balance sheet you got to look at the assets, but you got to look at those liabilities. And you have to understand that 90, let's say 95%, 99% of the dollars that exist outside of the United States were created by the issuance of debt, principal plus interest. All right, guys, enjoy the rest of your afternoon. As always, make sure that you're standing up for freedom, liberty, Free market capitalism. We'll see you in the next video.